welcome to the Renaissance Christian Church Podcast. We're a church family with the mission of seeking God, serving others, and sharing the gospel. We're grateful that you have joined us as we study through the Bible, and we hope that it brings you encouragement and inspiration for your daily life. Here's Pastor Robert Fonseca. Well, good morning once again. Um, why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And this morning we're going to look at verses 1 through 10, and then we're going to skip down to verses 16 and 20. The title of this morning's message is The Comforting Message of the Resurrection. Um, when I was thinking of, of comfort, I thought of comfort food. And I was like, well, what's the definition of comfort food? And uh, on the internet, it was described as food that provides consolation or a feeling of well-being. Typically, anything with high sugar or other carbohydrate content. Um, I'm not really a big fan of all the high sugar and carbohydrate content, but I do love the other part of that meaning, which is consolation or a feeling of well-being. Um, I love comfort. I seek and desire things that provide uh, consolation and a feeling of well-being, and I'm sure you do as well. It's just a few things that I thought of when I was thinking of comfort in my life. As number one being coffee. Uh, coffee uh, just consoles me. It brings me that sense of well-being, whether it's in the morning or just uh, sometime in the afternoon or even in the evening. Just drinking coffee, I don't know, something about that is comforting to me. Uh, I also uh, love the way my wife uh, decorates our home. Uh, it just gives our whole home a feeling of comfort. Um, we even purchased a, a while back a big comfy armchair that's just so inviting and comfortable. So when I feel like reading or, or relaxing, I just get to sit in that. And it just gives me a sense of, of well-being. Uh, on the flip side of that, there's some things that don't make me comfortable. And it's probably kind of, I don't know, um, makes me weird. I don't know. But... Uh, I was thinking, I don't like to carry things in my pocket. Uh, they just make me feel uncomfortable. So um, there's nothing in my pocket. So nobody can ever pickpocket me because they won't, they won't get anything. Um, the other thing is I don't like to carry too many things at one time. You know, my wife sometimes doesn't like that. Where I won't carry, uh, you know, so many suitcases or too many bags of groceries. I'd rather make multiple trips back and forth than carry too many things. Uh, so anyways... Those are things that make me comfortable, give me a sense of well-being, and some things that don't, that I'm sure you have uh, those things in your life as well. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because this morning's text that we're going to read, uh, there are a few other people that we're going to look at who sought comfort, sought uh, consolation in a sense. Uh, they have lost their teacher, their leader, their friend, and now they sought to be consoled by visiting his tomb. And, and what they found when they went there was, was a comfort they weren't expecting. And my prayer this morning is that you as well will be comforted with the message of the resurrection. So with that said, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew 28. And we're going to begin reading. I'm going to read the entire section, verses 1 through 10, and then skip down to verses 16 through 20. And then come back and point out a few things that are comforting about the message that is proclaimed uh, in this text. So let's read together. Now after the Sabbath, 
As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his garment was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he was lying. And quickly go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they shall see me. Drop down to verse 16 now. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here in this story, we have a very familiar story that I'm sure you're, you've heard before about the women that came to seek after their Savior and to anoint Him with spices, as Mark's Gospel tells us. So when they came to this, as I mentioned earlier, they were looking to be consoled, to be comforted, and as I mentioned, they're going to be comforted in, a, comforted in a way that they were not expecting. And so let's look at the comforting message of the resurrection that began with what the angel said to them. And again, so Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they come to the tomb looking for Jesus. And as I said, in Mark's gospel, it says they came to anoint him. Right? That's what they were coming to see. They were coming to see the dead body of Jesus Christ. And this is the message that they heard. If you drop down to verse 5, the very first thing that is said to them as they come upon it and they see the, the tomb, the stone rolled away from the, the tomb, an angel standing outside, he says to them, Do not be afraid. And the angel gave them this message, obviously because they were afraid. I mean, who wouldn't be afraid when you come upon it? Uh, an area and see an angel of any sort. I mean, that could be pretty frightening for anybody. But the angel was comforting them, the women, who were a little disturbed at what they saw. Right Again, they were coming to see a, a dead body. And instead they found an angel in an empty tomb. Now, the miraculous appearance and this miraculous event were nothing to be afraid of. And again, that's why the angel came. The, the angel was coming to bring them comfort about what they were seeing here. And, and the way this brings comfort to them is, well, first of all, this is an angel, uh, a messenger from heaven. And so they can be comforted to know that this event that is taking place is divine in origin. 
because God has sent an angel to proclaim to them what is going on. Secondly, the resurrection itself would bring them comfort because it's going to confirm all that they have been taught from the Lord Jesus Christ, which I will explain in a few moments. So this message again is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because this event is coming from God and the explanation of why it is happening is also coming from God. So for you listening this morning, I would echo this angelic message and say don't be afraid to believe what you hear today. This again is a message of great comfort. I mean, honestly, who doesn't want the message of the resurrection to be true and all that it means? And again, as we move along this morning in a text, the, the meaning of the resurrection and the results of the resurrection, if you think about it, like this is what I mean when we say, who wouldn't want this to be true? Who wouldn't want to be able to live forever, to be, give, be, to be forgiven of sin? And, and so this message, again, is a message of comfort. So those of you that are listening today, no matter where you are in your walk with God, whether you're, you're super strong and confident in your walk with God, or you're stumbling along the way, or if you're not sure if God even exists, I would say this morning, don't be afraid to believe what you hear in this morning's message. And so let's move on. So that's the first uh, word of comfort from the angelic messenger. Again, it's don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And the second one can also be found in verse 5. This, the latter half of what the angel says, he says, For I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. So the second word of comfort this morning to you, as it was to the women, is that God knows what you need in every moment of your life. The heavenly messenger again tells the woman, I know what you're looking for. It's Jesus. The angel knew what or, or who or and who the women were coming to see, what they were expecting to see. But God had so much more in store for them, which is why he sent an angelic messenger to tell them. He had better news than a dead Savior. Matter of fact, that news, is, which we'll explore in a few moments and the depth of its meaning, is that Jesus has risen just like he said. And it's comforting to know that the Lord knows the cries of our hearts. He knows what we need even when we don't. Again, the women weren't coming and expecting to see a resurrected Lord. They were coming to find their dead teacher, their dead friend, their dead Lord. And again, this just shows us that God knows exactly what we need even when we don't. Matter of fact, Jesus himself in Matthew 6 verse 8 says, For your Father knows what you need before you ask. It's comforting to know that God knows what we need even before we ask. Just like a parent that's, that's really aware of all that their child needs, even when they don't know and understand. God, even so much more so, knows exactly what each and every one of us need in our life and at every moment of our life. And again, so here the women are being told, God, I, I, I know what you came to see, but I have so much more for you. Not only that, in a, another verse that kind of tells us how much God is aware of what we need, is Psalm 38, verse 9. The psalmist writes, O oh Lord, my every desire is before you. My groaning is not hidden from you. 
So even the things that we are not verbalizing, God is fully aware of what we need. And He knows our own groaning from within us. And so then again, the comfort for this morning and this point is that God knows your every need in every moment of your life. And today, He knows that each of us needs the resurrected Lord. Let's move on to our, to our third our third word of comfort in this message this morning, and that's going to be found in verse 6, where the angel says, again, speaking to the women, uh, verse 6 says, He is not here, for He has risen, just as He said. And the point for this one is that God keeps His word. That's what He's telling the women this morning, that God keeps His word. He is risen, just like He said. Jesus is risen is exactly the message that they needed to hear. Again, they were coming to see a dead Savior, but they were told He's risen. And this is exactly what they needed. Again, they were crushed. They had lost their teacher. They had lost their Lord, and they had lost their friend. And this is a comforting message to them. Hey, the one that you sought, the one that you thought was dead, He's actually risen. He's alive. I mean, how comforting is that? I mean, who after losing a loved one in their own life hadn't wished just one more moment? Oh, I wish that news wasn't true that they had passed away. Or even as you're there with somebody and and as they're dying and the doctors had said, hey, they're going to pass away. You're hoping, no, Lord, intervene. Raise them up. Let me see them one more time. I know after losing my father, I have thought that more than once. Oh, just one more time. He's not really dead. How comforting would that be to hear? No, He's risen. He's risen. And so here the women are comforted with this message that their Savior is risen. And not only that, the important aspect of that is not just that He's risen, but He's risen just like He said He was going to rise. This is a reminder to them of all that Jesus had been teaching them throughout uh, the three years or, or that they spent with Him. And so, not only is this a reminder of what he taught, it's also letting them know that he has the power to predict what's going to happen in his life. He said he would die and rise again. And there's some major implications of this. This means that he is more than just human. This means he really is God. He's not a false teacher. He's not some fabled deity. He's more than that. And this also means that Jesus, what Jesus said, he's also able to do. He has all ability to do the things that he says he's going to do. If he can say, you know what, I'm going to die, and I'm also going to raise my life up on my own, what else can he not do? Again, this gives uh, validation to all that he's claimed. This means when he says he can forgive us of our sins, he can do it. This means when he says, I'm going to suffer for you, I'm going to be abandoned on the cross for you, and I'm going to win your victory, your salvation, I'm going to reconcile you to God. All those things are true, and we can believe it. That's why the angel said, he's risen, just like he said. And again, the implications are really endless of all that Jesus said. And obviously, one more thing that he that's uh, implied in this is that, hey, if Jesus says you're going to live forever, that means you're going to live forever. Jesus himself rose from the dead, and he will raise us up from the dead on that last day as well. 
And just as a reminder of what we have to look forward to because of this, I want to uh, remind you of our future reality. And I hope this brings you major comfort because it does for me. And that's in the book of Revelation as we look at um, chapter 21. Turn there with me. Revelation 21, uh, verse 4. Or verses 1 through 4. We're going to look at that. And so again, this is our future. And this is what it says. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. That is a a comforting passage for all of us to look forward to. That one day all the suffering and pain that we're going through and as we experience in our life, those will no longer exist, for we will be with God for all eternity, and He will take away all those things ultimately. So let's let's move on in our our sermon this morning. So again, just a, as a reminder, some of the implications: um, we don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid. God knows what we need in every moment of our life, and God keeps His word. So let's look at the fourth word of comfort that the angel gives to the women, and that's found in verse 6. It says, He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said, and it's the last part, Come see the place where he was lying. But what does this mean? The comfort for us and for the women is that faith is not blind. The angel wanted them to be convinced of his words, so he invited them, to check it out. He's like, go inside the tomb and check it out if you don't believe what I'm saying. This is not an invented story. This is an actual historical event, and there is evidence to verify it, not just for the women then, even for us today. Those of you that have been attending our church over probably now over a year ago, uh, from a year ago, you may remember that last year we did a four-part series on the historical evidence of the resurrection. So we went through uh, consecutive weeks of exploring all the evidence. And so I would encourage you that if if you're looking for evidence, that would be one place to start. You can uh, download our sermons and listen to that series. Not only that, there's so many books that have been written, and they give you so much more detail than my sermons will. And and there are really good books out there. So um, you can email us if you want to know what those are, or... Just text me if you go to our church, then you, you know my number. I'm not going to give it out right now. So, anyways. So, the resurrection isn't an invented story. And again, the angels are saying, come check it out. Don't just take my word for it. Investigate it. And that's a comforting thing for us as believers when people are always trying to debunk our faith and telling us it's not real. That Christianity actually invites people to investigate it. Hey, check it out. Don't just take my word for it. Look at it. This is a historical event. The Bible is a historical record. 
And I would just say to some of you this morning who are listening, maybe you're like the women in the sense that you're outside the tomb and you've heard this message either today for the first time or you've heard it over and over again, but you never take that step to investigate the evidence. You know, you think that, oh, faith is just something you have to believe. There's no evidence for it. And not that you need the evidence to believe, but if that's what's holding you back, I invite you this morning and encourage you to take a step in and see for yourself if these things are really true. Don't let fear grip you and, and just say, you know, I, I don't even want to go forward and investigate this. I pray that that's not, that's not where you are. But again, I would encourage you this morning, if that's you, that you would step inside and check it out and verify it for yourself. What do you have to lose? I think you have everything to gain. So let's move on and look at our, our next point. Our next point um, is found in verses 7 through 10. And actually, it's not a point. It's more like the application for the women. So now that they've been told these things, now that they have all this information, they've actually gone in and they investigate and see that the body's gone, that it's not there, that the angel's story is true. What does the angel tell them to do with that information? Let's read verses uh, Let's read verses 7 through 10, then I'll come back and point out a few things here, which is the application for the women. Verse 7 says this, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. That he's risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So let's stop right there. So the angel tells him, hey, now that you have all this information, now that you are comforted, you need to go and comfort other people with this message, which is the point of application for them. Go and comfort others with this message. Right? Go and comfort the disciples because they don't know about this. They're still at home. They're still grieving. They didn't get up this morning and come and see you. And so they're, they're told to go and do that. And what is that message that they're going to take back to the disciples? What's the same one that they themselves have discovered, that Jesus is alive? Again, not only is Jesus alive, but he also wants to see them. That's what the angel said. He said, go and tell them that he's going before them in Galilee, and there he will see you. Jesus wants to see them. So it's not just these cold, hard facts that he's alive. Jesus wants to, again, re-engage him and have an intimate relationship with him. And also, as we'll see in a moment, give them a message and a mission as well. Again, for us, Jesus isn't this distant force or power. He's personal and alive, and you can have a personal and intimate relationship with him as well. Again, they have this message of comfort, and they were told to give it to the disciples. And as they go back in verses 9 and 10, they finally encounter Jesus himself, and Jesus reaffirms the message that the angels gave to them. Look at verses, let's go on verse 8 and read through 10. It says this, And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they shall see me. So here again, Jesus confirms the message of the angels. Don't be afraid, right? 
go and take this comforting message to my brethren and tell them I'm going to meet them there. I'm going to talk to them. And let's skip down now to verse 16, where Jesus comforts his disciples and also gives them a mission on what they're supposed to do with this comforting news as well. Look at verse 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. So here they are, they're confronted with Jesus, and they're worshipping him, and some are still like, ah, is this really true? It's, it's almost too true to believe. It's too real. And so what's the message that Jesus gives to his disciples? And, and I want you to notice something. It's in verses 18 and 20. There, it's interesting that verses 18 and in verse 20 that these are capped. The mission that he gives them is capped with words of comfort. At the very beginning he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, assuring them that he has this authority to give it to them. Right? He is the ultimate authority. And then at the end, in verse 20, at the end, he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So not only do they have this comfort that, hey, I'm, I have all authority, give it to you. I give you this direction. I'm the only one that can do that. He also says, I'm going to be with you throughout the end of the age, until the end of your life, at least, for them. Again, I thought that was interesting that this message that he gives them is capped with words of comfort. I mean, isn't it comforting to know for yourself uh, when you get direction from somebody that they actually have the authority to tell you what to do, right? They, they're not just someone that gives you advice. No, they're actually the right person to tell you what to do. I was thinking of an example of this, uh, and I thought of my kids when they were a lot younger, when I would, they'd be like, hey, dad, can I get this uh, game for my phone or whatever it was? And it's like, you know, zombie killer or something. That wasn't really the name, but... You know what I'm saying? It was a game that they probably shouldn't have, but me being down, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, download it, that's fine, and play it. But then when mom finds out that they have Zombie Killer, she's like, who told you you could do this? Dad told me. Well, guess what? Dad doesn't have the authority to tell you that. Dad's not paying attention. He's not the right source of authority, at least in my family for this example. So that's what I'm saying about, that's what I'm talking about. Now they go to, they go to mom. Can I get this, mom? Hey, I, I told you to get now. They know they have to go to the right authority to get that information. And so Jesus here is saying, I'm the right authority. I'm the one that gives you the, the mission, and I can tell you what to do. And so again, that's comforting for the disciples. And so here's the mission that he gives them in verses 19 and 18. Or, yeah, verses 19 and 20, I'm sorry. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations... Um, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And then that comforting word at the end, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So they, they were given comfort to, hey, go and take this message of comfort, take it to other people. And for us this morning, that's really where I want to conclude and draw our application from is after knowing all this information for ourselves, what are we called to do? So what is our application for this morning? Well, number one, we can take comfort that Jesus himself has risen. And again, remember all the implications that are embedded in that. 
And we just did a complete series over the, the month of March about the resurrection. And if you missed those or don't remember, I encourage you to, again, go to YouTube and download those. But just quickly here, <clears throat> why should we take comfort that Christ is risen? Well, number one, again, he's forgiven our sins, right? He's died on the cross, took all of our sins upon himself and gave us forgiveness in exchange. So he's forgiven us, forgiven us of our sins. He's given us, as I mentioned earlier, eternal life. Eternal life. And we can take comfort in those things. And he's going to be with us throughout our life. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. Just like he told the disciples, I'm with you to the end of the age. That is true for you and me who are in Christ today. That Christ is with us and he will never leave us or forsake us. So we can take comfort that Jesus Christ has risen. Secondly, we can share this comforting message with other people. Just like Mary, the Marys were told in our story. Just like the disciples were told. We, t we can tell them what Christ has done for us. What Christ has done for you. Nobody can deny what Christ has done for you. You have a comforting message that say, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. And then also you can tell them what Christ has done for them. Again, we just went over what he's done for them. If they believe in him, he will forgive them of their sins. He will reconcile them to God and he will give them eternal life and he will be with them uh, till the end of the age. He will never leave them or forsake them. That's true for everybody who is in Christ. And that's a comforting message. And I pray you find comfort in that this morning. Finally, uh, the third point of application this morning is that we, with this message, are called to make disciples. Right? Just as the disciples were to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that, the, all that He commanded, that is our command too. We are called not only to evangelize and bring people into the kingdom of God, but we're to make disciples. That means we help believers to become stronger in their faith. Each and every one of us has our part to do in the church. You know, my part is here teaching God's word. Somebody else might be teaching children. Uh, somebody might be a great encourager to somebody else. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we've been gifted to do, and there's all kinds of needs in the church. And everyone needs to be built up and become stronger in their faith. And that is our mission. That is the comforting message of the resurrection. We can take comfort that He has risen from the dead. We can take this comforting message to others. And we can take this comforting message to build up each other in our faith. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much again for raising your son from the dead and giving us just this comforting message and all that is entailed or really embedded and impact in what that means for us today. And so, Lord God, for those of us who are followers of you, may we be comforted in being reminded of what you've done for us, being reminded of what's in store for us, and be reminded that you are with us each day. And for those this morning, Lord God, who maybe are standing on the outside of that tomb and have yet to take that step forward to see the risen Lord, I pray that you would help them to overcome their fears, whatever that may be. 
I pray that you would help them to step forward, to check and see if these stories are true. And for those who are ready to take that plunge forward, Lord, I pray that you would help them to do that, that they would cry out to you and repent of their sins and believe on what you've done for them. And then, Father God, I pray that you would help them to stay, to grow in their faith and become stronger and take this comforting message to those who are all around them as well. Thanks for joining us in today's study. If you'd like to know more about us or where you can attend one of our services, you can find information online at www.ren.church. That's R-E-N dot church. Thanks for listening.